0: Everyone and welcome to my spoiler-filled review for Zack Snyder's Justice League, aka the Snyder Cut. <sighs> this is a film that anyone who's been following me on this wonderful journey of my little Men in Tights podcast that I've been doing for two and a half years now knows how much this film and the journey that's brought us this film has meant to me. So of course. I was definitely going to do this review, so, and yeah, Zack Snyder's just seeing like the film that, and the journey of the film that inspired these two books that I'm holding in my hands if you're watching this on YouTube, which, as I always say, pretty much all of you, most of you, if not all of you, watch me on YouTube, and don't always listen to the audio-only version, although I do have my audience for that, I check the analytics all the time, and I appreciate y'all listening on there as well, but yes, the... The film and journey of the film that inspired The Cut, written by Justin M. Lesniewski, and release of Snyder Cut, the crazy true story behind the fight that saved Zack Snyder's Justice League, written by Sean O'Connell. Both of these great books. I've done my review for The Cut, and I will be doing my review for Sean O'Connell's release of Snyder Cut book very soon as well. And, uh, and, yeah. Uh, and also before I do get started, I've received my fir- one of a few uh, Ink to the peak People packages that I'm expecting for this coming week, well actually just this one and then one other one that I received, and that is the hat that I'm wearing right here, the fitted hat, uh, let me see what the size of it is, it's a 7 and a quarter to 7 f- and five eighths size, they also have, because uh, this, this is a small medium, and they have a, an, a large XL hat as well, because these are fitted, not snapbacks or adjustables. Uh, and I love this hat very much and it surprisingly fits me very well. And also with this sweet little ceramic mug that uh, you will be seeing in my videos very often as well and also this wonderful little sticker sheet with the Zack Snyder Justice League logo logos of all the heroes you know Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, and Martian Manhunter as well as the quotes that appear on three of the Snyder Cut shirts that I've purchased and you've seen me on my social media wearing them the first one from the first shirt that Zack did, from the All the Gods, it says, All the gods, all the heavens, all the hells are within you. A Joseph Campbell quote, and the one that's from the Zack Snyder's Justice League t-shirt that was released in late 2019, uh, early 2020, says, Never faced us before, not us united, which of course is the, you know, what we hear of Batman say in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then there's the quote that's from the, um, written on the back of the Justice Con 2020 t-shirt, Powerful art can heal, bring awareness, and create change, which is a quote from Zack Snyder himself. Um, and uh, just the journey that brought us to this film has just been a crazy emotional one, and I'm you know, I'm very much part of it, and I've done several videos and podcasts talking about the journey to towards this film that so many of us didn't even think was ever going to be released. I mean, we knew that it existed, we were very vocal on that on social media for the better part of three, almost three and a half years, championing the release of this film. And May 20th of 2020, we finally got validation and our victory when Zack Snyder, on the end of the Man of, Man of Steel watch party that he hosted that... We were going to get Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max in 2021, which we finally got it on March 18th, 2021, and I've watched the film three times already. I watched it twice on Thursday. I watched it Thursday morning, um, as soon as I woke up, because I was off that day, and then I watched again later that night for the screener watch party that was hosted by Zack Snyder, and uh, yeah... You know, for a four-hour film, that those, it just flies by, like nothing. I mean, and I even tweeted it out. That it just, you know, and it's just how I personally feel, and a lot of my friends that are Zack Snyder fans feel the same way. That, that the longer Zack Snyder's films are, the shorter that they actually feel. You know, because like, it's like Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, when it was released in theaters, it was two and a half hours, and it felt like that two and a half hours dragged on so much even though you knew that there was stuff missing from the story, so like it feels like it wouldn't end, but you're also like, there's not enough story to this. And then you get the ultimate edition, which is three hours an additional thirty minutes, and those three hours just fly by like nothing. And same with this one. Like when I watched the and I'm I have the what we got in twenty seventeen, which if you you know you've, if you checked out my live stream that I did for that one, that was a lot of fun, uh, and it ended with me breaking the Blu-ray and DVD discs that I had for that film. Right now, I only own the case for it because it was the Alex Ross-inspired uh, cover art that was photographed by Kleanos, and I'm a fan of both men, and I did not want to disrespect them like that. Um, but yeah, i and also I'm never going to acknowledge that film by name uh i, I I'll forever refer to it only as the twenty seventeen Abomination, and that's what I've been doing on social media, but yeah it's like that was film was only two hours, but it felt like that th- those two hours would just never end. but then when I watched this film, four hours that when it- when it, by the time it ended, it was just like that's it, it's already over, and and it's a four hour movie, and I watched it twice in one day. And I I don't usually do that. Um, uh, And clearly you can tell by the excitement in my voice that I loved this film very, very much. Um, And yes, this is, is going to be a spoiler review. So if you haven't watched the film yet and you plan on watching it, then I advise you not to listen to this because I'm going to be talking about everything. I might not talk about it consistently in order from start to finish, but... I'm going to be talking about stuff that's in the film, without hesitation, without restriction, without any warning, so, except for this, this is your only warning, I'm going to be talking spoilers, if you don't want to be spoiled, and you want to watch the movie, then leave right now, um, but, yeah, we finally got this film after this journey, and, uh, it's just crazy, that, that, again, because we didn't, th- so many of my, f- my friends that I've made in this community, this- the Snyder Cut community, over the last three and a half years, uh, we, we didn't think that we were ever going to get this. And those of us who were optimistic about it, we thought that maybe we'll get it in about five years, maybe ten years. Because, you know, we had the Richard Donner uh, cut of Superman 2 that was being filmed at the same time as Superman the movie. And that uh, we didn't see his film until almost three decades later. Uh, it was released in 20, not 20, 2006, around this, around the time or after *Superman Returns* was, had had been released. And the thing is, and the funny thing is that, and a lot of people probably don't understand it. While that is more or less Richard Donner's vision for that film, it's not 100% complete of his stuff because he had to use a lot of what was filmed by Richard Lester when he took over filming *Superman 2*. And he had to use a lot of test test screen footage in there to fill in what he was not able to film originally. So, especially like the part one in Superman 2, and I talked about it in my Worst to Best video that I did last year, talking about all the Superman movies, where uh, when uh, Lois tries to prove that Clark is Superman and she shoots the the blank gun at him, that uh, you see how his glasses keep changing. Because... When he has like the, the 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 black frames, like what I'm wearing right now, those are, that's the test screen footage. And in the other clips where he's wearing like the what he has in the other films, the you know the the, the large round tortoiseshell colored frames, those are the re- original filmed, you know, what was actually supposed to be in the film. You know, so that's why when I saw heard always heard all these people saying like, yeah, whatever Zach has, he's gonna have to use whatever Joss Whedon did because it's not a complete film. Well, nothing in this movie was anything shot by Joss Whedon. So um, I mean, there are there are things that were featured in Joss Whedon's version, but they were not shot by Joss Whedon. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like there's and there's certain things though that people thought were Joss Whedon. That actually turned out to be Zack's stuff. Which surprised a lot of people. Even, even surprised me for the most part. You know. But. I'm not trying to be too biased. And too fanboy over Zack Snyder. Which. I mean let's be honest. I am a Zack Snyder fanboy. I've, that is very much clear. I mean I've bought so much of Zack Snyder's merchandise. It should be pretty obvious. I mean. Again, I got the, f- the fitted hat right here. I got the the, uh, the little beanie cap right there. The shirt that I'm wearing right now. Dark side. Uh, the. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League T-shirt, the All the Gods T-shirt, the uh, the Art Center Directors Cut Event T-shirt, the Associates Producer T-shirt, uh, the Justice Con T-shirt. So, yeah, and another shirt that's going to be coming by in a couple of days uh, that I ordered from each of the people as well. So yeah, I yeah, I yeah, and all that money for those have go- are going have gone to the AFSP, which of course that's the most important thing. But yeah, and um. Whew, I gotta catch my breath, sorry. <sighs> 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 sorry. Just Yeah, I'm getting too excited. I have to catch my breath. I don't know how long I'm going to go with this, because I'm probably going to be rambling on like I am doing right now, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, and also, Stella, if you're watching this, which I... I'm pretty sure you will, since he texted me earlier letting me know that you were watching the movie uh, and asking if I was going to do my review for this. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this and will enjoy the rest of what I'm going to say on here and look forward to hopefully collaborating with you very soon. So, um, you know, again, just message me about that and, and we'll we'll discuss all the fun details about that. But anyways, and this film is 100% Zack Snyder's Vision of the film, and um, like I said, there was some stuff that yeah was featured in the twenty-seven scene abomination, <laughs> and that we thought was added on by Whedon, but no, it turns out it was it was by Zack. Like the the famous "Kalel No," that everyone always loved to make fun of from from that film. It is in this movie, in Ver in Zack Snyder's Justice League, but. The overall, but the context of it makes more sense in this version than it did in the other one. Because in that Heroes Park fight, we have there's a lot more to it that makes so much more sense than the shit we got, you know, almost four years ago. Um, because that's the thing. There's so much, just like with Batman vs Superman, when that that extra 30 minutes made the story click. You know, just all those plot holes that people complain about just were filled in, and it made sense. And so many people, so many critics that hated Zack's previous films, you know, but and eventually turned around, especially with Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition, they hated the 2017 film. And they love this one. And are they've been saying, this is the film we should have gotten. And that this is the film that, you know, just basically vindicated the fans that fought for it for so long, vindicated Zack. Oy, and... And it's just you know right right off the bat when the film starts, you it's you it's just, it just hits you right there. This is a Zack Snyder movie, because it op- just like with Batman vs Superman. Batman vs Superman opens with Bruce Bruce's point of view of the Black Zero event that's at the end of Man of Steel, the terraforming sequence, and this film opens up with the end of Batman vs Superman when Superman gets stabbed in the chest by Doomsday, and the Scream that radiates from Superman after he gets stabbed. That you know that is the bell that can't be unrung because it wakes up all the mother boxes. You know that that are that are that were uh, that was. I mean, we see it in the history lesson. What happens? What happens with that? But his scream wakes up the mother boxes, and that's where again. Ah, <sighs> I, I just. I'm sorry, I I, I need to catch my breath, I'm just, again, I'm I'm in a very excited mode, very excited mood, very excited attitude, and it's just, when I get excited, I start to stutter and stammer, and stumble and fumble, and I ramble on like I'm doing right now, so, whew, anyways, um, and it's just, it's really cool, because it's, because we get shots of, of Lois, seeing this, and we get a shot of Diana, and then we get a shot of Batman, and these are all shots that were f- from Batman vs. Superman, or at least alternate takes from Batman vs. Superman, because especially from when they show Batman, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, he's wearing the suit that he wore in that film, and he's in, you know, the jacked, jacked muscular shape that he was in that film, and, and we see a nice shot of Jesse Eisenberg's Lex, Lex Luthor in, inside the scout ship when he's in the little, you know... The incubation chamber thing, when we, you know, see in the Ultimate Edition, when he's conver- conversing with Steppenwolf, that we see him, like, in the beginning part of that, because he hears the scream that wakes up the mother boxes, and we see in the little projection of Steppenwolf that the mother boxes appearing one by one. Um, I mean, yeah, the green screen, it's a little obvious in that part, which, I mean, I can understand why some people would be like, ah, the CGI is shit, blah, blah, like, it is noticeable, but after a few, after a few more than one viewing, you just kind of forget it. And, and then the aspect ratio that a lot of people were complaining about, the, the 4x3, I believe is what it is, you know, I have no problem with it at all, honestly, I didn't, I, I completely forgot it, you know, as soon as it starts, it's like, you don't notice it as the story is going, I mean, I mean, you know, with The Lighthouse, it's, it's basically the same aspect ratio, and I fucking love that film, so, and all the people that complain about it is because that is how Zach filmed filmed it back in 2016, because it was filmed with the intention of it being an IMAX release, and he has plans to do that later this year, uh, as he mentioned on my friend Wonder Meg, her, her livestream interview that she did with Zach this past Wednesday, which, you know, she asked me to, to record a little video question for him, and he, she got to put that on there and got my question answered by Zach. So, even though I didn't get to actually interact with him, it's awesome that he got to acknowledge me and answer my question. So, thank you, Meg, for that. Um, and then after the after that happens with the opening of the mother box opening scene, where the mother boxes are woken up, and we get the, uh, we get Bruce, um, on his journey to recruit Arthur, and, and then, like, the music from, from Tom Holkenborg, Junkie XL, the, like, the music building up, and then the beautiful cinematography from Fabian Wagner, it's just, oh, I mean, the, the way the music was, especially when all the, all those epic faraway shots of the mountains, while with Bruce, you know, you know, on his little as es- es- excavation, I think is what it's called. I don't know. Um, on trying to get to the village to recruit Arthur, the mu- the buildup of the music reminded me so much of Lord of the Rings and like, uh, like a pr- particular section of one of the Harry Potter movies. I think it was, I think it's Deathly Hollows, because the music sounded a lot like the the track "Statues" from Deathly Hollows Part Two, um, which absolutely love that movie and love that particular track from that movie. Um, eventually, I'll do a video talking about the Harry Potter films. Uh, and maybe the books. I have to repurchase the books, though. But, anyways. Um, see, like I said, I'm just rambling on and on. But, and we get the full version of the scene, not the chopped up shit from 2017. Where, um, uh, where you know, because in that version, they have the painting on the wall, which is, just looked like a child did it. Um, which, I mean, even most kids that I know who do, like, wall art would do a much better job than that. Um, like, the kids that I used to tutor, uh, when the, when I was, uh, senior in high school, and we had, I got an after-school tutoring job, uh, uh, during my senior year, those kids that I tutored would have done, would do a much better job than what they did in that shit. But anyways, um, the back and forth between Arthur and Bruce... Um, I enjoyed it in this one so much more because, um, because it's just I don't know. Ben Affleck is just he's such a such a very good actor, and honestly, I feel like he's an underrated actor. He doesn't get enough credit for how good of an actor he is, because he he gets more praise for his writing and directing than he does for his acting, and that's not fair because he's he is a very good actor, and his performance in this movie just shows that. If we if we if we had gotten his Batman movie that he was supposed to do, you know, with the script that he had written, uh, just would have been so so fucking amazing. God, I mean, he he's an Oscar-winning writer for a reason, you know. Just like Chris Terrio, who wrote the script for this movie, he's an Oscar-winning writer as well. He he worked with with Ben Affleck on Argo. He, <laughs> so come on. Um uh like, and then and then the stuff with with uh, Ezra Miller's Barry Allen cuz the way they had him in, in the 2017 abomination uh they he he they, they treated him more like like how Tom Holland's Spider-Man is which I love his movies nothing against Tom Holland's Spider-Man I love his version of Spider-Man but just they tried to like basically take what that portrayal was and try to put the, the Flash, like, like basically, they took Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and him being, you know, like, you know, looking up to, 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 to Tony Stark, and, like, to, you know, he's so very, like, it's like, I just want to be like you, blah, 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 you know, so basically, they took that and just slapped on a, a Barry Allen skin over it, um, and because in, in the 2017 shit, he, he was, he was afraid to fight, he was afraid to join them in battle, he had no grasp of his powers. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Basically, is how he was portrayed. Um, but in this film, he's he is in control of his powers. He knows what he's doing, and his performance he he gives he's so much more real. It feels more real, especially his interactions with Billy Crudup as his father Henry Allen, which I'm I I feel. I mean, if he really is not gonna be in the Flash movie, that really fucking sucks because. Their interaction, their chemistry in this film is so fucking great, and feels like a true father-son relationship. You feel that father-son, you know, like I want you, I want you, I want better for you. You know, you deserve better. You know, kind of relationship. And even in the, the, he's the line that he says to him, "You're the best of the best," and uh, because. Because Barry's talking about how he wants to, you know, get into criminal justice so that he can prove his father's innocence and get him out of out of jail and get those, you know, the wrongful charge of murdering his mother, get that dropped. And it's just, this... <sighs> and like I, because other movies that I've seen with uh with with Ezra Miller, when pe- people talk about how saying that he's a shit actor and things that, like he is not a shit actor. I mean, I love them and Perks of Being a Wallflower. Flower, um, Stanford Prison Experiment was he was great in that. Uh, the, I haven't seen the second Fantastic Beasts movie, so I don't know how he is in that one. But I loved him in the first one. Um, although the film overall was not that great, but yeah, you know, it's that's because it's kind of hard to live up to the you know legacy of the previous Harry Potter films. Um, so, but just yeah, the rea- the interaction between them feels. More real and more natural. Like again, it feels like a genuine father son relationship, and 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 we finally get finally we finally get the Iris West scene that we were supposed to have gotten and we were robbed of. And I loved it. Kirstie Clemens, she's gonna come back in the Flash movie, which I, I love that. I'm happy that she is. That's wonderful. Their their scene and their chemistry. I can't wait to see more of that in the Flash movie, which is supposed to be filming. I think by the this coming earlier in the spring, or maybe early this early summer, because uh, and it's I think it's a twenty twenty two release, I believe that's what it is, but don't quote me on that. Um, but I can't wait to see their interaction uh, in that film because 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 they they plant those seeds of them having a relationship. Right away in this, which I'm, you know, I'm sure some people will be like, Oh it's it's not earned, blah, blah blah. it's one of those phrases that I hear a lot of people throwing around with the DCEU movies, especially the Zack Snyder movies, saying it's not earned. The Superman's death was not earned, blah blah. blah. Like, <sighs> it's because every, if they, all these people they want everything to be done the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is done, and that formula works for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When DC tried to do it, it didn't work. You know, not, not, not saying that the movies weren't good, but just when they tried to be like Marvel they tried to repli- 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 replicate that Marvel Cinematic Universe formula it did not work because that's how we got the 2017 abomination that I, I was so happy to just break those discs and throw it in the trash uh, I encourage you to check out that that, that live stream if you want to check that part out so that was so much fun because um, it's because, because that's the thing because they complained in the with you know Steel, Ba for Superman suicide squad they complained that they they weren't they weren't enough they, they needed to be like what Marvel is doing and then when they tried to do what Marvel was doing they were complaining they're trying too much to be like Marvel because the MCU can do no wrong right <laughs> and again I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe you know I've I've loved the majority of those films I mean not all of them are great. You I know, mean, because really, I mean, it's it's all subjective. Which is my personal opinions. Just not all of them were as great as people make them out to be. I mean, I mean, a lot of the ones that some people shit on are the ones that I actually like more. Like so many of them, so many people shit on the Incredible Hulk. I fucking love it. It's in my top ten of the MCU. Um, but uh, but yeah, not every comic book franchise needs to be like Marvel. Because with Zack... What he was trying to do was a five film, a solid fine film story. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, Justice League 2, Justice League 3, a, a beginning, a middle, and an ending, and that was going to be it. And then whatever directors wanted to come and do spin-offs of the characters in those films, they could do that. That's what the, That was what the plan was supposed to be. But Warner Brothers, wanting to... You know, they wanted that Marvel money, they wanted that Marvel, you know, crit- critical acclaim, and they did not get that. I mean, because all the films that they've had in the DCEU, only Aquaman ac- achieved that coveted billion dollar mark, which you know, like I talked about in my Nerd Culture video a few weeks ago, and that of all the DC characters to, re- to crack that billion dollar mark, nobody would have expected it to be Aquaman. Come on. You know, that's I mean, I love I love Jason Momoa. I think it's a great Arthur Curry, great Aquaman, and I did I did very really enjoy his movie. I mean, you can check out my review talking about that. Um, but it's just yeah, Aquaman is the last DC character anybody would have expected to reach a billion dollars. Um, yeah, even even the Joker movie, Joaquin Phoenix, great movie, won an Oscar, was my favorite film of 2019. That that reached a billion dollars, and that reached a billion dollars without being released in China. Think about that. And but just yeah, just not everything has to be like Marvel. Not everything needs to follow the Marvel formula, because when they try to do it like Marvel, they don't work. So stop begging everything to be like Marvel. <sighs> but anyways, So um, and my friend Renee, she'll like that little rant at least if she watches this. I don't know if she watches my shit, um, but you know, if she does, hi Renee, love you. Um, uh, but anyways, the, the scene that we get, that scene we get with, with Barry saving Iris West, uh, it's done so beautifully, and then the music that they use in that scene is so beautiful as well, and because, like, everything slows down, like, super, super slow. Where Barry, and we, when we got this, we had this this, this little bit in one of the first trailers back in 2017 where he pokes his finger through the glass and he goes through the glass and because she is, you know, in a car accident and car, the car is being flipped over after crashing into a semi-truck because the driver, being one of the most negligent drivers I've ever seen on film, that he's, literally, he's not looking at the road at all. He's trying to reach down for a burger that landed on the floor. And like that' better be the greatest burger in the world for you to keep you to get get your eyes off the road you know, for it um and so she crashes into his truck and Barry when he goes to rescue her because it's because Barry was trying to apply for a job at the, at the pet shop in that's on that corner right there um so and I think she was I don't know what she was there for because we don't really figure that part out we just see him entering. The, the the store, and she's leaving, they have their little interaction, they, you know, can't stop looking at each other, you know, the, the sexual tension is there, is there, <laughs> um, and, uh, Kirstie Clements, she's just, she's absolutely beautiful and wonderful as well, and uh, just, again, I can't wait to see more of her in the Flash movie, can't wait, I'm really, really anxious, anxious and excited to see what we get from that film, Andy Muschietti, Uh, I trust him very much with this film, because, I mean, I loved his, I loved what he did with the It movies, and I loved what he did with the movie Mama that was released, I think that was 2013 that came out, uh, could be wrong, but I love that film as well, um, and honestly, I'm surprised he didn't cast Jessica Chastain as, as, as Nora Allen, so, um, because, you know, they have their good relationship, she's been in a lot of his movies, so, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't cast her as Nora Allen, but, hey, that's fine. Yeah, and I'm not complaining. Hell, she could she could be Poison Ivy if she wants to. Uh, although I'm not really sure she'd be up for that. Because, I don't know. Anyways, um... Uh, yeah, he breaks through the glass. His shoes and socks just burst open in a really cool effect. And But the shoes that he was wearing look, I would love for those to be released as, like, a limited edition collector's item shoes. Because they had, like, a cool little lightning bolt on the side. Um... Um, but yeah, when he goes out there and he, you know, he's like, he can't, like, he's, he's looking into her her eyes, you know, just, yeah, she's so beautiful and blah blah blah, and then he grabs a little hot dog that's right there, stuffs it in his pocket, and he very carefully and gently, you know, guides her to the floor so she can have a safe landing, and he saves her life, and and then she sees him, you know, when everything is back to normal, and then he, whoop, speeds off, and the owner of the store, I'm guessing, uh, she, you know, sees him in the little pen with the dogs, and he's feeding the uh, the hot dog to the dogs, which is just a really funny little moment that I loved, uh, and that's, and that's the other thing, this film, it does have humor in this movie, and a lot, of, I know there was a lot of people, you know, a lot of reports, quote unquote reports, talking about that there weren't going to be any jokes in this movie, there are some jokes. Not forced, not the forced shit that we got in 2017. These were jokes that felt natural and did not take away from 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 the overall tone and uh, of the story. And it's like, yeah, not all of them will land with everybody. It's you know, it is what it is. I loved all. I loved it. It felt more natural. It was again, it wasn't forced. It wasn't in your face like a like a Joss Whedon script would be. Um. And and speaking of Joss Whedon and stuff, the way Wonder Woman is portrayed in here, she is not overly sexualized. Like, he's, a lot of the shit that we got in, the, in that one. You know, with you know Flash landing on flat on her boobs. We do not get that in this movie, thank God. Um, instead, we get her, her and, being a fucking awesome badass warrior, uh, as she should be. Again, a lot of people complain about Wonder Woman 1984, and I understand their complaints, even though I did love that movie check my review for that one as well, and, and I think the Blu-ray for that comes out this week or next week, I don't remember, I have it, I have it marked on, on, on my phone, so, um, and, um, the sequence where she rescues, uh, the schoolgirls at this place, I can't remember, was it, it, is it a bank or what, or a museum, whatever the, the, the place is, the, like, there's a lot more to it, obviously. It's, it's not as simple as she just grabs the briefcase and just poo and it's done. Like no, she flies all the way through the roof of the building, throws the bomb, and then it's a grander explosion. And and yeah, the when these when this terrorist group comes shows up, it's a lot more violent, there's, there's bloodshed, there's more people being killed, we get our first F-bomb, and there, when, like, one of the, one of the guys shouts out to the kids, shouts out to all the kids, like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> um, and, yeah, we, and we don't get the stupid line, you know, where, where she's like, I'm a believer, no, but no, and this one, it's, the guy goes, I don't believe it, and she just goes, believe it, and then she, poof, with the, with her gauntlets, and, we get the explosion from the outside of the building that we saw in all the, in all the trailers that we never can get to see in the other movie, um, and, uh, yeah, we get the nice moment where the one little girl, she looks up at her and says, well, can I be just like you when I grow up, and then Diana says says to her, you can be anything you want to be, and it's such a sweet, sweet moment, I loved it, and then, and then, and then going back to the music, the updated version that Junkie, that Junkie Tom Holkenborg did of Wonder Woman's theme, where in this version it's with an electric guitar and this, um, I think it's an Indian woman, that does like does like a vocal, thing that he added to it that just makes it so much cooler and adds to that you know Amazon warrior, element of the whole story, for her story at least. Um, and then we go to we have this stuff on Themyscira. Where the Amazons are guarding the Mother Box and they've kept been keeping an eye on it after since it's, it's been woken up. And then that's when we get Spiky Fucker, Wolf, coming in. <sighs> and it was so fucking cool. And Connie Nielsen, you know, getting to shine as the as a badass Hippolyta in this. Ah... <sighs> And she's she's an absolutely lovely, lovely woman as well. You know, and she was interviewed on the the Film Junkies Vlogger Stream a couple months ago. That was wonderful. And yeah, she's just, whew. anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, just you know, we get to see the the Amazons just being fucking badass warriors, and the awesome line because Steppenwolf comes at them talking about fear and. Hippolyta says, show them your fear, and they all shout out, we have no fear. Fucking badass, I loved it. Ugh, uh. And you know, when I'm done recording this, I'm going to watch The Texas Justice League again, I am. Um, um, it's, it's It's. a little after one in the morning right now, but I don't care, I will stay up and watch every fucking minute and second of it. <sighs> That's how much I love this movie. Yeah, and I'll just—I'm I mean, not done talking about the movie itself. I'm just gonna go ahead and say if I—if I did a rating system for it, this film was a ten out of ten for me. Yes, it is. But yeah, we get awesome sequence with Steppenwolf finding the Amazons, and there's—it's a lot longer than the other film. We got to get a lot more of it. The, the when the Amazons they break down the little pillars of the of the of the place of the temple, little building where the where the mother box was set. And the because all they all because all the parademons come in and fighting all the warrior Amazon warriors, and a few of them had died in there, and you know they 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 their lives were sac- basically they willingly sacrificed their lives to keep Steppenwolf and the parademons from grabbing the mother box, and so that temple falls into the ocean, and we are led to believe that Steppenwolf and parademons are buried at at sea with the Amazons but no Spiky fucker f- and the parademons fly right out of the water and they go on the path war path to fuck up more of these amazons and again we get these amazons being such fucking badass warriors that they are not afraid they sh- they again they show no fear and they are ba- they they are basically yeah they're not afraid to die to fulfill their duty their job of protecting that that mother box from Steppenwolf because they know who he is and what he's doing and what his plans are for that shit because we get more of it in the history lesson where we see the Amazons and the Atlanteans and the the armies of men and um, lanterns and and the the old gods uh, joining forces to take on Darkseid and his army uh, which, that is such a fucking awesome se- sequence as well, so it is, it's longer than the 2017 version, but not as long as a lot of us thought it was going to be, because a lot of us, you know, were led to believe it was going to be like some, it was going to be like a, like a 20-minute 20, 20 Helms Deep kind of shit, but, uh, hey, it was still fucking awesome, you know, Ray Porter as Darkseid, Uxys, fucking awesome, and he's an awesome guy as well, a couple of interactions that I've had with him on social media, and getting to h- and hearing him on the League of Mayhem stream, hosted by the Nerd Queens, it was really cool, that, you know, the, he, he, he said my, my little channel's name, he said Men in Podcast, it's, uh, that was cool, if I, if I had the clip of that, I would insert that right here, but I don't, so I won't, um... And just yeah, his performance as Darkseid is great. Uh, Kieran Hines as Steppenwolf, Wolf, so much better in this version. He there's so much more depth to his story, so much more emotion and sympathy to, to his to his character, and and just and his the way his the armor is so much better as well. Like it's like the armor is organic and is alive. So which just makes it so fucking cool, um, and yeah, ta- talking about heart and emotion, Ray Fisher as Victor Stone Cyborg, my God, his when we show when we see his origin in this movie, goddamn that shit made me cry. I cried quite a few times watching this movie, and no exaggeration, the first moment that I started crying, it was in the opening credits when as soon as I saw, a Zack Snyder film, on my screen. The tears just started flowing. I, I, I can't help it. I, I'm. it, it is what. I again, being part of this journey for the last three and a half years, this, the fact that this film is finally seeing the light of day really does mean so much to me. So, I was pretty emotional watching this. You know, all every all three times that I've seen it so far. <sighs> man, Ray Fisher's backstory. Such a was so well done, so beautiful, so emotional, just, Ray Fisher's performance, when Zack Snyder would always say that he, that he was the heart of the, of the story, the heart of this movie, he was not exaggerating, he was not kidding, because Ray Fisher, Victor Stone, is the heart of this movie, it's like, like, basically, it's like, without him, the, they they would not be able to do the things that they had to do in this movie, in order to win and you know save the day and save the save the world and all that shit and it's just oh, oh man you know I'm I'm half tempted to just stop recording this and watch it right now but yeah you know I have a duty to my people to do this review yeah you know, to hat do a half ass paraphrasing of General Zod you know. You know, uh, that it's the sole purpose for which I was born um, but anyways and this like cause we, we see the awesome sequence of Victor at the GC, GCU game uh, football game where he scores the winning touchdown he's celebrating sees his mom in the stands celebrating but then he sees that empty seat that is supposed to be his father but his father because his father's not there he's at work he's always at work Never there, and and I've talked about this before, but like now, so many movies now, when there's like a very strong, you know, f- any kind of strong, you know, story involving a father, it hits me differently than they used to because of you know losing my father nine years ago, or will be nine years ago next month, uh, April seventh. So it's like it, I get, I feel a lot, more, I'm a lot more sensitive and emotional to those kind of stories. So, obviously, this movie was going to... It was going to do a number on me. And and it definitely did. Especially much later. Because, you know, again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip back and forth. I'm not going to be consistent. When we get to later, after the Heroes Park fight, and we, we see the death of Silas Stone, uh, when he tries to... When he uses the electron beam thing, um, shooting the mother box, it kills him in the process. And I... Fucking lost it during that scene, um, and again, just Ray Fisher's performance during that was just. If he doesn't get award recognition for this movie, I will genuinely be pissed off because he fucking deserves it. You know, I don't know if you know if he would qualify for an Emmy because I don't know what the criteria would be. Because technically, you know, it's released on HBO Max and HBO Max is a streaming service. for te- a television streaming service technically, so I don't know if it would count for that. Um, you know, and they already missed the cutoff date for being uh, being nominated at the Oscars. So, uh, maybe maybe he can get a Golden Globe nomination. Or, some, or maybe a SAG award or some shit. I don't know. He deserves award recognition for his performance in this film. I'm saying that right now. I don't know how many people will agree with me. But that's just my opinion. Everything that I say on these shows is all my opinion. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. You're not wrong. Um... Uh, and same with with Ezra because when when we get to his big moment at the end of the movie because you know, because the whole the whole film is they're trying to avoid Steppenwolf getting the three mother boxes to create the unity and you know that would just basically spell the end of the world and the big plan was that uh, Barry would you know go as fast as he possibly can to work up a charge and that. Uh, Cy- cyborg, was gonna, he's going to plug into the mother box, and then Barry, using his maximum speed, is going to f- push him into the mother box, so that he can destroy it from within. And, that whole part, when he's like, working up his charge, and he's almost there, but then he gets blasted by a parademon right in the stomach, and it just, boom! You know, knocks him right flat on his face, and then, when like, Bruce gets on the little intercom thing on the ear, and he's, tell- he's at- saying, As I do know if he's alright, and Barry's just like you know, like yeah, I, I just got the the wind knocked out of me. and just give me a minute. And we see that he has this, this nasty wound on his side. And he's he's like gasping for air. He's in pain. Uh, but then and but you know, then they're too late, and the unity happens, and everything just starts going to shit. But then Barry, his, and this is my favorite scene of the movie. It's so fucking awesome. The music, especially, just it's so fucking cool. And, and he puts up his hand. And we seen we seen we seen it in the trailers where he that he puts up his hands and he's in, he's in, he's locked into the speed force and everything around him is like yeah everything is falling apart the space and time and all that stuff um, and then the line that he says that just so fucking cool he says you know he got gotta go faster than the speed of light and go beyond the, beyond the speed of light then, actually you know what I'm gonna pull it up because I have it I I tweeted it I need to and I don't want to butcher it because it's it's my favorite line, my favorite moment of the entire film, so let me pull it, pull it up so I can read the quote, here, here, it. okay, just gotta go faster than the speed of light, far beyond the speed of light, you gotta break the rule, Barry, and you gotta do it now, and that's when we get the awesome shot of him going far beyond the speed of light, and we see everything around him, like, the ground is reassembling with every step he takes, and it looks so cool, cause. Going beyond the speed of light. He's reversing time. And he's fixing. He's basically, he's saving the universe in, in essence by doing that. And as he's doing that. Everything is reassembling. And then he was able to push Victor into the mother boxes. So that he can break it from within. And yeah that is just the coolest one of the coolest things I've ever seen in any comic book movie ever. Um, and, and it is my favorite scene of the whole film. I mean, there's a lot of great scenes, but that's the scene that I remember when that when that first Hallelujah trailer was released back at, back at DC Fandom. I said, you know, that that's the, this the moment I am most anticipating. And I, it far beyond exceeded my expectations. Uh, such a fucking great scene. Awesome. And... Once that happens, then Victor is in the Mother Boxes, and the, because Diana said previously that the Mother Box will will ex, well, basically it was going to exploit his weaknesses, and while he's in the Mother Box, he sees his mother and his father and himself back in human form, because the mother and the Mother Box is telling him like, you can have all of this, you know, be, you can have, you can be whole again. You know, you you can be you, and all this stuff, and then we get the great line, where Victor says, "I'm not broken, I'm not alone," and that that one line resonated with so many fans when it was first heard in the in the in the character teaser for Cyborg. That line resonated so much people, so many people And that just from that little trailer. And then seeing it in the context of the film hit people so much more. Because it's just, yeah, I'm not broken, and I'm not alone. Such a powerful, powerful line. <sighs> and again, Oscar-winning writer Chris Terrio, this fucking amazing dialogue that he wrote in sports. I He, 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 does, he deserves some award recognition as well. I would, lo- I hope he'll get a Golden Globe or an Oscar nomination for this script because a fucking amazing script. Uh, he probably won't because these award shows don't o- don't o- don't like to acknowledge superhero films like that. So, you know, as mu- as much as they people kept trying to campaign for Endgame to get an Oscar nomination, it wasn't gonna get it. Like, like I've been saying, if Dark Knight didn't get, you know, that ki- that kind of award recognition, or Logan didn't get that kind of award recognition. And none of these other films should get it. Um, I gotta catch my breath. Sorry. Anyways, um, and one of the other great parts is getting, going back to the Heroes Park fight. Uh, and we don't we don't get any fucked up CGI. lips Every Cavill either, which God bless that man. <laughs> um, and the Harris Parks fight, so much more to that as well. Um, and you know we don't get the we don't get him saying do you bleed. We don't get you know Alfred needs the big guns. We don't get you know something's definitely bleeding. We don't get any of that shit. We don't get jokes about pet cemetery, um, which is just. Yeah, I did laugh at it the first time I heard it when I saw the movie in twenty seventeen, but the more I saw that film, I think I saw it about three more times after that. The third, that third and final time being my live stream from three weeks ago, and um, yeah, it was funny the first time. It was not funny any- anymore after that. Um, uh, but yeah, when but before that even, um, the resurrection. Uh, of of Superman, and then when they're in the cemetery digging up his body, uh, you we know, have probably the funniest line that's in the movie because because Barry, you know he's you know of course you know Diana is, fucking gorgeous you know any any man would you know would any man would try so, you know, that Barry says, you know, do you think she would go for a younger guy, or something like that, and then Victor, you know, and especially because, again, he's a cyborg, and he delivered it in this dry, robotic tone, that just makes it even funnier, he says, she's 5,000 years old, everyone's younger, <laughs> oh, that, that was great, because it's true, she is, she's, Diana is 5,000 years old, so, yeah, everybody's younger, <laughs> Um, uh, but then we also, then we get, when they are in the scout ship to resurrect, uh, Superman, uh, when, when a cyborg plugs into, uh, the scout ship, uh, he gets gl- visions of the nightmare sequence, and, and that is so fucking cool, because we get Darkseid sitting on the throne in one of the most beautiful, iconic shots of the film as well, and we see glimpses of the nightmare future, where... Dark side he kills Arthur. We see some, we see some Omega Beam action, which is fucking awesome. We see, we see that that Wonder Woman dies, and they show a funeral, uh, and with with uh, with the Amazons and on on Themyscira. I'm, I'm assuming it's Themyscira. Um, and then we see, uh, the hard idea, the scary idea, that they did not get to film originally for this, but Zack found a way to get it in there. And we see Superman in the Batcave, holding the corpse of Lois Lane, and Darkseid standing right behind him. And then, in the next shot, Superman has—we see—Superman succumbed to the life, the anti-life equation, and submitting to Darkseid, standing over the rubble of the Hall of Justice, holding Batman's cowl. And when they snap out of that. You hear the Kryptonian ship speaking to, to Victor, saying, the, something like something about you know that the future, or you know, the, the path the, the pathway to something has been set," you know something like that, and it's just basically it's like what the cyborg saw. It's not a dream sequence. It is going to happen. That is what is going to happen. That what he saw, confirmed by the scout ship. Th- they are on that pa- on the pathway to that future oh, just, ah, and if you know what's coming next for the, what would have been Justice League 2 and Justice League 3, holy fucking shit, that would have been awesome, ah. and then we get the rest of the fight from that, which is really cool, and, um, and also the other thing with, the way, uh, Bruce is in this film, Bat- the way Batman is in this film, he's Because in the history of all these, you know, of Batman with, you know, different portrayals of Batman within the Justice League, in the comics, and in the animated movies, and animated shows, Batman's kind of a dick and asshole to them, and he's very much like that in this as well, but in a, you know, the charming way that we love Batman. Um, And Ben Affleck portrays it so well, so great, so accurately, and... And then we get the, uh, the fight at the end of the movie. Um, and the fight in the tunnel, which is really cool. We got a lot more in there. And again, Barry is not a little, you know, I just push the people and I run away. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of bugs and blah, blah, blah. You know, and also, speaking of bugs, no Russian family. Thank fucking God. Um, but yeah, we don't get a chicken shit, you know, pussy afraid of everything Barry Allen here either, you know, he's, he's in the fight, he's helping, you know, rescue these Star Lab employees, um, and, and, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't, and again, we don't get any of the shitty Joss Whedon dialogue where Batman says, I didn't bring a sword, or, or, geez, he is tall, um, and it's just, and yeah, and I am forgetting some stuff that I'm not touching on specifically, but you know if you, if you've seen the movie, you you pretty much already know everything about at this point because everybody that I've seen talking about the movie almost all of them, the first thing they say is this is my third time watching the movie. this is my fourth time watching the movie. I've seen the movie five times and blah blah, blah because it's basically it base for you know, almost like basically nine out of ten that I've seen of people talking about the movie. It's like as soon as they see it the first time, they want to watch it again, and they want to watch it again, and again, and again, and again, and I've seen it. So many people saying like, "Oh, I'm this is, I'm watching it for the tenth time," you uh, know all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 on my way to that. I'm on my way to that. Um, and it's just, oh, it's like this is the kind of film that, as soon as you, you as soon as you're done watching it that first time. Yeah, I don't know if all everyone's gonna be like this, but most of the people that I've seen, as soon as they're done watching it the first time, they had they feel like I gotta watch this again. I gotta watch it again. I gotta see what I, I gotta see what I didn't. The little things that I missed, yeah, and one of those little things that, that that I missed the first time watching it, I notice it again the second. I noticed it the second and third time that I watched it. Uh, you know the you know, the, what I said about Batman, no, Superman standing over the ruins of the Hall of Justice, holding Batman's cowl. Was he a dead Kilowog? In the in in the, on on that rubble, I did not notice that right away the first time. I noticed it when I saw it the second and third time, and it's just like holy shit! How did I miss that the first time? How did I miss that dead Kilowog? right there in the middle of all that? <laughs> you yeah, know, and and then like the again from the hallelujah trailer when we see the the ruins of the hall of justice, we see the joker card fly across the screen. We do th- we see that there, but it's a ripped in half. Joker card, and. We learn a little more context to that at the end of the movie with that additional photography scene featuring the Joker that Zack Snyder did last year. And... Ooh, sorry, I had to pop my back, sorry. Um, which, you know what, I'm just gonna go ahead and skip to that scene. That scene was fucking awesome as well. You know, we're getting to see uh, Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke and see Mira as you know, the Nightmare version uh, on in this one. Um... Yeah, because this is the nightmare future, and uh, because, again, these aren't dre- just dreams that Bruce is having, these are premonitions and visions of what the future is going to be, basically. Um, Alright, uh, I was looking at something and I got a little distracted, you yeah. where's, anyways, um, yeah, that. And because before before we got to this scene, we get the Lex Luthor on his yacht with Deathstroke and we get we get more context of the, that scene and it's not you know f- we need we need a league of our own as we saw in the in the in the theatrical version In this one he it's you know like you know to, to if you, if you want if you want the Batman here, right, here's something that will help you and he he just looks at him and says, his name is Bruce Wayne. And this was supposed to set up the story of what Ben Affleck's Batman movie was supposed to be. Because uh, it was supposed to be that Deathstroke is on a mission to kill Batman. And he basically tries to ruin Batman's life, ruin Bruce's life, by targeting all the people in his life that he loves. Uh, Because, uh, and I think that Joe has said it in, in one of the interviews... Uh, I think he actually even said it on the Twitch uh, man versus man versus game stream um, that I was watching earlier with it was him and Zack Snyder on there the charity live stream for the AFSP that I think it was on that one or it was another interview that he did where he mentioned he said that Slade had lost his son and blamed Batman and that's why <clears throat> excuse me that's why he was coming after him and he was. Willing to do this job pro bono. So, basically, he wanted to kill Batman for free. So, yeah, that's personal. And and in the clip, as soon as he... Luther says his name is Bruce Wayne. Slade looks up, gives a nice little grin, and is like, you know what? We, do, we have something to celebrate. And takes the champagne glass sitting on the table. And then that's when we cut to the nightmare scene. And we get the awesome and... I'm just gonna say it right now the icon, the iconic interaction of Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker with some of the best Joker dialogue I've ever heard, um, and this is where we also get the other f bomb, the one that was promised from that Batman was gonna say, because uh, uh, Joker, you know, he offers a truce to to Bruce, and he even says the line, a truce, Bruce and he pulls out a joker card like from his mouth i don't know if he actually had it in his mouth but he 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 the gesture he does makes it seem that way and he he offers him the his card his joker card and he says as long as you have this we have a truce but you know if you like if you break the truce then he says something about you know I'll i'll talk something about talking about why he sent a boy wonder to do a man's job Oh, and that was so so cool that he, he said it that way. like He actually said the words Boy Wonder was so great. Um, and then Batman shot back at him talking about, you know, when Harley Quinn was dying, bleeding in my arms, she made me promise to kill you. And then he says, and, and, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. And he says that she made me promise to do it slowly, and I intend to keep that promise. Ugh. Oh so cool. Uh, just yeah, the way the way Jared Leto per- it performs in this film and f- according to how Zach explained explained it, that some of it was ad-libbed by Jared, which you know, hey, sometimes the sometimes ad-libbed dialogue can be the best dialogue. And if, you know, a lot of this was ad-libbed, then thank you Jared Leto. And and according to Zach, he filmed multiple Versions of that scene, so you know, who knows what he says in the other versions of it? You know, and 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 the the we live in a society line is one of the alternate versions of it. So, um, and maybe maybe when they do the the Blu Ray release for this, they'll include some some of that stuff in there, which I hope they will, and I hope that they include an in depth behind the scenes making of for the film, uh, because that would be a lot of fun to see all that stuff. You know, the true making of behind the scenes version. And um and uh and one of the other great things is, you know, see it on the sticker right there. Martian Manhunter, we get to see Harry Lennox as Martian Manhunter in this film. Twice we see him twice in this as as Martian Manhunter. We see him uh the Martha and Lois scene at at their at Lois's apartment. Martha comes to visit, they have their emotional scene. Um and when Martha leaves the apartment, the eyes glow red and John Jones appears and then John Jones morphs into general oh, sorry, now Secretary Swanwick and it's just, you know, like if if we got to, if we got to see this in theaters, it's like you know that's that's the scene that would have gotten a lot of people like, holy shit, what? That 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 would have been one of those scenes where the audience, the the audience who was not aware of the stories like that, they would have seen that and just been like, what, what? You know, that would have been cool to see in theaters. And and according to Zack, that's again that's the plan later this year, uh, to have like a a, th- a two or three day event showing Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, you know, in an IMAX theater, you know, which. I hope I'll be able to attend that event, that will be so fucking wonderful, that would be so great, I hope I will get to attend that, and get to meet my fellow, you know, associate producers in the Snyder Cut community, um, but yeah, we get to, we see him in that scene, and then we see him at the end of the movie, where he visits Bruce in the lake house, and talks about, you know, how, you know, that he, you know, I have a stake in this world, it's time I, you know, something, Whatever. Which you know the funny thing is, according to Zack, that scene was originally meant for the for Green Lantern. It was going to be Jon Stewart Green Lantern, but the reason he didn't and he did not include that was because Warner Brothers did not want him to have a Green Lantern for that. Which uh... and he said that they did film the version with Green Lantern, which makes me wonder who was his Green Lantern. Hmm. Certainly wasn't Sam Benjamin. <laughs> mm. My all my little Snyder cut friends will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, other people who have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. You know I'm sorry, but um, oh man, I just honestly like I I know I'm not talking about every single thing, and other people have done a much better reviews for this than I I can. Uh, you know, again, I've never pretended to be a professional at this. I just speak from the heart. I speak uncut, uncensored, raw, real and just 100% me, and that's that's all I can do, that's all I can be, is just me, so, and yeah, here I am, standing like, like Dark side right now, arms behind my back, ready to blast some omega beams at some people, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I fucking love this movie, it Is you know, for a long time, you know I've I've been saying Man of Steel was my number one favorite Zack Snyder movie that I didn't think any film could knock it from that number one spot. I mean Batman for Superman was a very close second. You know and then Sucker Punch is right there cuz for a long time it was Man of Steel, Batman for Superman, Sucker Punch and then the rest of his filmography you could ra- arrange it however. Uh, let me see. Man of Steel, Batman for Superman, Sucker Punch, Watchmen, uh 300, Dawn of the Dead. That is the guarantee also got cool. Yeah, that sounds about accurate. And yeah, Man of Steel was number one. But now it's number two. Because Zack Snyder's Justice League is number one. It is now officially my favorite Zack Snyder movie. And yeah. Honestly, if anyone was going to top Man of Steel, it was going to be Zack Snyder with Zack Snyder's Justice League. And he. (sighs) And I can't wait to see what he does with Army of the Dead coming to Netflix in May. Can't wait to do that. And I will do a review for that one as well, can't wait to see that, but, you know, I'm especially excited to see how Zack Snyder directs Dave Bautista, because, you know, and I've always felt like, with, you know, a lot of wrestlers that become actors, yeah, like, yeah, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he might be in the bigger movies, but Dave Bautista is in the better movies, because Dave Bautista, to me, is a much better actor than The Rock ever will be, um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing how Dave Bautista does in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Again, coming to Netflix in May of 2021. Can't wait to see that. Uh, and I can't wait to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League more and more and more. And God damn yes, I'm going to watch it so many more times. Like I said, I'm going to watch it again as soon as I'm done recording this. Uh, it is almost 2 o'clock now. And I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Because it's Sunday. Uh, again, recording this Saturday. Going into Sunday. So, and I'm not, I don't work Sundays, so... I'm going to enjoy myself. Um, uh, yeah. Amazing movie. Cinematography is beautiful. Fabian Wagner is great. The score by Tom Holkenborg is amazing. And the updated version of Hallelujah as performed by Alison Crowe, who is just one of the sweetest people I've ever known and interacted with on social media especially. I mean, I've, my, my interactions with her started on Vero, which you know, have uh, become good friends with a lot of people through Vero, um, and if you uh, if you've never heard Alison Crow uh, before, I encourage you to please check her out on you know iTunes or Spotify or YouTube, um, because she has one of the most beautiful and powerful voices I have ever heard. And she's just again a wonderful person, a wonderful human being, who has the the cutest little cat and dog I've ever, I've, I've seen, and just the sweetest little wiener doggy and sweetest little black cat that I've ever seen, they are so cute and so funny, and I would just love to snuggle up with both of them, um, and, but yeah, she's a sweetheart, she's, yeah, and I'll, I'll get to meet her someday as well, she's just wonderful, and, yeah, but just, yeah, like, I, and the people that that I, and I am still seeing people say that this is the same film with just extended scenes and stuff that Zack had to... Oh, like, oh, you know, Zack, they, they needed to give Zack $70 million to, f- to film all this shit. And like, no. No. And the only things that Zack filmed, brand new, was the stuff with Joker and Martian Manhunter. And, and the scene, any scene with Martian Manhunter or Joker is the only stuff that Zack did last year. Everything else was filmed back in 2016. So, yeah. Every, Zach filmed this in principal photography in 2016. Only thing that is brand new, brand new, is Martian Manhunter and Joker. So, people that are saying that it's just, an, it's just that it's the same movie just longer, they are full of shit, and they're just looking for any reason to hate Zack Snyder because for whatever reason, people have a blind, a blind, raging hate boner for Zack Snyder, and I don't know why. All he's done is make some movies that a few people don't like. And they treat him as if he's Hitler, and just I don't fucking get it. I don't, I don't. And, you know, I I even have like good friends that tell me about Zach having a massive ego and you know all this shit, and it's like, what? I mean, I mean, you don't have to like his movies. I I, I couldn't care less if you like his movies. It's just some of the shit that people say about him, I do not understand. Like Jody's corner being the fucking idiot that he is, and the Ashley Lynch. Asshole piece of shit, saying all kinds of shit about him on there too. It's like I'm never going to understand why people don't like Zack Snyder again. Again, I don't care if you don't like his movies, but the people that don't that hate him as a human being, I do. I will never understand that. I never will. And you know, I don't. I try. I really. I try my best to ignore those people. I mean, yeah, I'll see screenshots of the shit that they say, and you know, it'll piss me off in the moment. But I don't engage because what does that really? That I I gain nothing from that. I don't. You know I'll I'll leave it to the I'll leave it to everyone else to, to engage with those people and you know stoke the fires and give them the attention that they crave. But yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League a perfect ten out of ten in my opinion, and it is officially my new favorite Zack Snyder film. It's number one. You know, Zack Snyder's just League. Number one. Number two. Man of Steel. Number three. Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Number four. Sucker Punch. Number five. Watchmen. Number six. Three hundred. Number seven. Dawn of the Dead. Number eight. Legends of the, Ar- the Guardians. The Owls of Gahul. And where will Army of the Dead rank among those? I don't know yet. We shall see when it comes out in, in a couple months. And that's going to do it for my review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, I didn't talk about everything on here. It's uh, just, yeah, it's... Again, I I never feel like I'm I'm good when I do these kind of movie reviews. Even the spoiler reviews like this one, I just, I don't know. Uh, Well, I mean, one thing that I did forget to mention, specifically that I should have mentioned, is when Superman gets his black suit, and we get the... uh, you know, another first flight scene with him, so great. We get we get all we get new dialogue from Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner as jor L and Jonathan Kent, where, where, Jonathan Kent says, "I'm so proud of you," you know. It's time, fly son, and uh, so fucking awesome. And then the music, like the the, re- the recreated version of of his. Man of Steel theme, so... Mm. And that's the, the soundtrack for Zack Snyder's Justice League from Tom Holkenborg score is the full, complete score, which is, you know, the full score is almost, is almost the full four hours of the movie, which is just amazing. That, that never happens with these kind of movies. They usually just release, you know, track by track, like maybe like 15, 20 tracks, and it's only like an hour at most, you know? But this one—it's the full, complete score, and it's—it's—it's it's a beautiful score. It really is. It is. Uh, I—I have—I haven't listened to the full soundtrack on its own. I've only heard. I've only heard a few songs, you know, on my Zack Snyder playlist that I have on Spotify, and of course hearing it in the movie. But I like hearing the songs by themselves. I haven't he- heard the whole thing yet because again, it's, it's an almost four-hour soundtrack. <laughs> you know, I would have to, I would have to be sitting there doing absolutely nothing for almost four hours just to hear that whole soundtrack by itself. Which hey, I could probably do that. I mean, like I said I have watched the movie twice in one day, no problem, and if I was watching. Film Junkie Vodka stream from on Friday night, and that was almost five hours watching that. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it is such an amazing movie, and as of right now, it's my favorite movie of 2021. Yeah, but there's more movies that are coming out this year, so we'll see. Because there's Dune, there's James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, there's Mortal Kombat coming out in a few weeks, Uh, there's Spider Man 3 uh it's supposed to come out later this year black widow is supposed to be coming out at least right now still in may we'll see how that works out uh, and i think even the matrix 4 is still scheduled to be released later this year you know and that's why i'm happy i have hbo max because all those those big Warner Brothers releases are going to be on hbo max so i'm happy about that and godzilla vs kong it's coming out in two weeks as well well a week and a half can't wait to watch that too. And I'll try to do a review for that one as well. If I have the time and patience for it. Uh yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this. I hope I did a decent enough job talking about this movie because um Yeah, this is the kind of thing that i feel like I should have had somebody that I can talk to about this because I, don't know, I really want to try to get you know people on here that I can actually talk to because you know, two and a half years that I've been doing this, I'm pretty sure a lot of you are tired of hearing only me speaking about some of this stuff. So, um, and which I am working on some things. I've talked to a few people about some of the ideas that I have, about some stuff that I want to do on the channel going forward. Um, and I will let you all know in the coming weeks uh, once I get that stuff figured out. But for right now, it's still in the very early planning stages and the people that I've you know, that I'm talking to about it, you know, trying to work things out and seeing what they might be able to contribute to that, so, again, just, if you, if you follow me on my social media, Twitter, Vero, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, all that stuff, you know, follow me on all those, the links are in the description, so you can check it out, Um, and if you want to know any of those ideas, just hit me up on my social media, my DMs are always open, and I might not answer you right away, but I always answer. And, um, you know, if you're not subscribed to me, please do so. It's, you know, I mean, if you're, because most of the people that watch my videos, especially, they're not subscribed, which, I mean, I get it. Not everyone wants to commit to following a YouTube channel. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, I would appreciate it very much if you actually, if you did subscribe. You, know, you can do so. The little button is right there in the corner. You see it right there, pointing at it right now. And yeah, you, see, you see Grogu hanging out. You know, underneath my arm right now, say hi. Um, it's right there in the corner. Hit the notification bell so you stay up to date. Because I got some more live streams coming up very soon as well. And, um, or if you don't want to look at my face for, you know, o- almost a little over an hour now, it's hour 16, almost 17 that I've been talking about. Uh, you can do so on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Ready Public, Breaker, uh, Anchor. Uh, yeah. Did I say all of them? CastBox, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor, so Spotify. Anyway, all the links are in the description as well. Um, and also, please donate to the Autumn Snyder Tribute Fund for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That link is right at the top of all the links that are in the description for this. And it will always be that first link that you see. So I hope you'll check that out and donate whatever you can, if you can. I mean, no amount is too small or too too large. And also you can contribute to my patreon that I have for one dollar a month. I don't have anybody that's so subscribed to my patreon uh, you know I've had that patreon for a little over little almost two years now I mean I was encouraged to get one. Nobody wants to be a patron for me and that's fine you know just one dollar a month if you're if you be so kind um, or you can buy a shirt if in my store I just introduced a brand new shirt uh, with a little quote that's, I know everything about some things, and I know some things about everything, or it's, I don't know if it's like that, or if it's reverse, whatever, but, you know, you can just check all that in the link for that in description as well, and, uh, and I hope you all are doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, taking care of yourselves and your loved ones, and I love and appreciate every single one of you who watch, listen, and subscribe, and, all the people that I've um, interacted with especially in recent weeks and recent weeks and recent months, I thank you genuinely from the bottom of my heart for helping me out, you know, by just simply listening and offering advice, you know, that you if you can or when you can or whatever, just or even just you know, just listening to me say whatever I feel like I need to say in those moments. I truly and genuinely appreciate it. And I hope you know those people are watching or listening to this right now. Because if they are, then you know who you are, and just you know, I I thank you, truly, genuinely thank you. And you know, and you don't know how much it means to me. It really, really. <sighs> but yeah, this has been my review of Zack Snyder's Justice League for the Mennonites podcast. Um, my name is Julian. I will see you all on whatever the fuck is going to be the next one that I do. So, yeah. Thank you also very much. Peace and love.